0: La Hear O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday. October 22nd Shabbat Shalom Join with me as we start this new reading cycle. It will be the adventure of a lifetime as Yeshua speaks to us through His Word. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bred Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Brashit, and it means, in the beginning. Genesis five twenty-five to 6, 8. When Methuselah was 187 years old, he became the father of Lamech. After the birth of Lamech, Methuselah lived another 782 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Methuselah lived 969 years, and then he died. When Lamech was 182 years old, he became the father of a son. Lamech named his son Noah, for he said, May he bring us relief from our work and the painful labor of farming this ground that the Lord has cursed. After the birth of Noah, Lamech lived another 595 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Lamech lived 777 years, and then he died. By the time Noah was 500 years old, he was the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Then the people began to multiply on the earth, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women, and took any that they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth, for whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth, yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Jeremiah 39.1-41.18 In January of the ninth year of King Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with his entire army to besiege Jerusalem. Two and a half years later, on July 18th, in the eleventh year of Zedekiah's reign, a section of the city wall was broken down. All the officers of the Babylonian army came in and sat in triumph at the middle gate Nergal Sherezer of Samgar, and Nebo Sarsikum, a chief officer, and Nergal Sherezer, the king's advisor, and all the other officers of the king of Babylon. When King Zedekiah of Judah and all the soldiers saw that the Babylonians had broken into the city, they fled. They waited for nightfall, and then slipped through the gate between the two walls behind the king's garden, and headed toward the Jordan Valley. But the Babylonian troops chased them, and overtook Zedekiah on the plains of Jericho. They captured him, and took him to the king Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who was at Riblah in the land of Hamath. There, the king of Babylon pronounced judgment upon Zedekiah. The king of Babylon made Zedekiah watch as he slaughtered his sons at Riblah. The king of Babylon also slaughtered all the nobles of Judah. Then he gouged out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him in bronze chains to lead him away to Babylon. Meanwhile the Babylonians burned Jerusalem, including the royal palace and the houses of the people, and they tore down the walls of the city. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took as exiles to Babylon the rest of the people who remained in the city, those who had defected to him, and everyone else who remained. But Nebuzaradan allowed some of the poorest people to stay behind in the land of Judah, and he assigned them to care for the vineyards and fields. King Nebuchadnezzar had told Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, to find Jeremiah. See that he isn't hurt, he said. Look after him well, and give him anything he wants. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, Nebuchadnezzar, a chief officer, Nergal, Sherezer, the king's adviser, and the other officers of Babylon's king sent messengers to bring Jeremiah out of the prison. They put him under the care of Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, who took him back to his home. So Jeremiah stayed in Judah among his own people. The Lord had given the following message to Jeremiah while he was still in prison. Say to Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Sabaoth, the God of Israel, says. I will do to this city everything I have threatened. I will send disaster, not prosperity. You will see its destruction, but I will rescue you from those you fear so much. Because you trusted me, I will give you your life as a reward. I will rescue you and keep you safe. I, the Lord, have spoken. The Lord gave a message to Jeremiah after Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had released him at Ramah. He had found Jeremiah bound in chains among all the other captives of Jerusalem and Judah who were being sent to exile in Babylon. The captain of the guard called for Jeremiah and said, The Lord your God has brought this disaster on this land, just as he said he would. For these people have sinned against the Lord and disobeyed him. That is why it happened. But I am going to take off your chains and let you go. If you want to come with me to Babylon, you are welcome. I will see that you are well cared for. But if you don't want to come, you may stay here. The whole land is before you. Go wherever you like. If you decide to stay, then return to Gedaliah son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan. He has been appointed governor of Judah by the king of Babylon. Stay there with the people he rules, but it's up to you. Go wherever you like. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, gave Jeremiah some food and money and let him go. So Jeremiah returned to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, at Mitzpah, and he lived in Judah with the few who were still left in the land. The leaders of the Judean military groups in the countryside heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah son of Ahikam, as governor over the poor people who were left behind in Judah, the men, women, and children who hadn't been exiled to Babylon. So they went to see Gedaliah at Mitzpah. These included Ishmael son of Nethaniah, Jochanan, Jonathan, and sons of Korea, Sariah son of Tanhumath, the sons of Ephi the Netophathite, Jezaniah son of the Macathite, and all their men. Gedaliah vowed to them that the Babylonians meant them no harm. Don't be afraid to serve them. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon and all will go well for you, he promised. As for me, I will stay at Mitzpah to represent you before the Babylonians who come to meet with us. Settle in the towns you have taken, and live off the land. Harvest the grapes, and summer fruits, and olives, and store them away. When the Judeans in Moab, Ammon, Edom, and the other nearby countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a few people in Judah, and that Gedaliah was the governor, they began to return to Judah from the places to which they had fled. They stopped at Mitzpah to meet with Gedaliah, and then went into the Judean countryside, to gather a great harvest of grapes and other crops. Soon after this, Johanan, son of Karihah, and the other military leaders came to Gedaliah at Mitzpah. They said to him, Did you know that Balas, king of Ammon, has sent Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, to assassinate you? But Gedaliah refused to believe them. Later, Johanan had a private conference with Gedaliah and volunteered to kill Ishmael secretly. Why should we let him come and murder you? Johanan asked. What will happen then to the Judeans who have returned? Why should the few of us who are still left be scattered and lost? But Gedaliah said to Johanan, I forbid you to do any such thing, for you are lying about Ishmael. But in mid-autumn of that year, Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, and grandson of Elishama, who was a member of the royal family, had been one of the king's high officials, went to Mitzpah with ten men to meet Gedaliah. While they were eating together, Ishmael and his ten men suddenly jumped up, drew their swords, and killed Gedaliah, whom the king of Babylon had appointed governor. Ishmael also killed all the Judeans, and the Babylonian soldiers who were with Gedaliah at mizpah. The next day, before anyone had heard about Gedaliah's murder, eighty men arrived from Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria to worship at the temple of the Lord. They had shaved off their beards, torn their clothes, and cut themselves, and had brought along grain offerings and frankincense. Ishmael left mizpah to meet them, weeping as he went. When he reached them, he said, "Oh, come and see what has happened to Gedaliah." But as soon as they were all inside the town, Ishmael and his men killed all but ten of them and threw their bodies into a cistern. The other ten had talked Ishmael into letting them go by promising to bring him their stores of wheat, barley, olive oil, and honey that they had hidden away. The cistern where Ishmael dumped the bodies of the men he murdered was the large one dug by King Asa when he fortified Mitzpah to protect himself against King Baasha of Israel. Ishmael, son of Nethaniah filled it with corpses. Then Ishmael made captives of the king's daughters and the other people who had been left under Gedaliah's care in Mitzpah by Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard. Taking them with him, he started back toward the land of Ammon. But when Johanan, son of Korea, and the other military leaders heard about Ishmael's crimes, they took all their men and set out to stop him. They caught up with him at the large pool near Gibeon. The people Ishmael had captured shouted for joy when they saw Johanan and the other military leaders, and all the captives from Mitzpah escaped and began to help Johanan. Meanwhile, Ishmael and eight of his men escaped from Johanan into the land of Ammon. Then Johanan, son of Korea, and the other military leaders took all the people they had rescued in Gibeon, the soldiers, women, children, and court officials whom Ishmael had captured after he killed Gedaliah. They took them all to the village of Geruth, Kimham, near Bethlehem, where they prepared to leave for Egypt. They were afraid of what the Babylonians would do when they heard that Ishmael had killed Gedaliah, the governor appointed by the Babylonian king. 2 Timothy 1.1-18 This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Yeshua. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Yeshua. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Yeshua our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. AND I WILL BE FILLED WITH JOY WHEN WE ARE TOGETHER AGAIN. I REMEMBER YOUR GENUINE FAITH, FOR YOU SHARE THE FAITH THAT FIRST FILLED YOUR GRANDMOTHER LOIS AND YOUR MOTHER EUNICE, AND I KNOW THAT SAME FAITH CONTINUES STRONG IN YOU. THIS IS WHY I REMIND YOU TO FAN INTO FLAMES THE SPIRITUAL GIFT GOD GAVE YOU WHEN I LAID MY HANDS ON YOU. FOR GOD HAS NOT GIVEN US A SPIRIT OF FEAR AND TIMIDITY, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord, and don't be ashamed of me, either, even though I'm in prison for Him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan from before the beginning of time to show us His grace through Yeshua. And now He has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Yeshua our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Yeshua. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Vigelis and Hermogenes. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return, and you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus Psalm ninety one to ninety one sixteen Lord through all the generations you have been our home. BEFORE THE MOUNTAINS WERE BORN, BEFORE YOU GAVE BIRTH TO THE EARTH AND THE WORLD, FROM BEGINNING TO END, YOU ARE GOD. YOU TURN PEOPLE BACK TO DUST, STAYING. RETURN TO DUST, YOU MORTALS. FOR YOU, A THOUSAND YEARS ARE AS A PASSING DAY, AS BRIEF AS A FEW NIGHT HOURS. YOU SWEEP PEOPLE AWAY LIKE DREAMS THAT DISAPPEAR. THEY ARE LIKE GRASS THAT SPRINGS UP IN THE MORNING, In the morning it blooms and flourishes, but by evening it is dry and withered. We wither beneath your anger. We are overwhelmed by your fury. You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. We live our lives beneath your wrath, ending our years with a groan. Seventy years are given to us. Some even live to eighty. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. O Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives give us gladness in proportion to our former misery replace the evil years with good let us your servants see you work again let our children see your glory and may the lord our god show us his approval and make our efforts successful yes Make our efforts successful. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust Him, for He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, Though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Proverbs 26.1-2 Honor is no more associated with fools than snow with summer, or rain with harvest. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. Please enjoy this beautiful meditation on Psalm 91, Prayer for Protection.
1: Psalm 91 talks about the safety in abiding in the presence of God. The blessings here, promised in this chapter, are not for all believers, but only for those who are living in close fellowship with God. Those who are seeking to abide in His presence. Those who rightly know God will set their love upon Him. And one of the ways that we can do this is through prayer. Through constantly calling on His name and meditating on His word. Because in due time, God is faithful to deliver. Psalm 91 verse 1-2 to says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. And so now join me. Lift up your faith and invite God's presence wherever you are. He is our refuge. He is our fortress and we need to place complete trust in him and believe that he will hear and answer our prayers. And so, let us pray. Lord Jesus, the almighty and risen King, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. Because you have promised to deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. I give you all the glory and I give you all thanks that my life is protected by divine grace from all the temptations of the devil. Your word in Psalm 91 has promised me great security in the midst of danger. For it says he shall cover you with his feathers And under his wing you shall take refuge His truth shall be your shield and buckler You shall not be afraid of the terror by night Nor the arrow that flies by day Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday And Father, I declare your word to be true. I will not be afraid of the terror that walks by night. I will trust in you to be my shield and defend me against the arrow that flies by day. No pestilence and no destruction will come before me or my family in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for going before us and for covering us, Father. Thank you for being in our midst and that our future is secure in you, King Jesus. Father, I desire to dwell in your presence and I desire to walk with you, Lord. May your presence be found around me. May your presence be found in my home, in my room. May your presence be with me as I travel. Be with me always, Father. Your word tells me that a thousand may fall at my side, and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. And I thank you that in the midst of great darkness in this world, you will preserve me, you will preserve us, you will preserve our families and our loved ones. I take comfort that your word, your promises are sure and they are strong as they are true. And I am persuaded that as we, your children, walk through this journey of life, you are never too far to hear our cry. You are forever near to hear our call. And Father, I desire to be in close fellowship with you, Lord, Strengthen my desire to seek your presence daily. Thank you for assuring us that we are not alone as your children. We are never forsaken, never left in the clutches of the enemy. We are never left in uncertainty, Father, because you are the Good Shepherd. You will never lead us to destruction, Lord, and even if we face hard times, you have said that you will be with us you are the God who rescues a mighty God who delivers and shines his light in the darkness your word in Psalm 91 verse 10 says no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near you for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways They will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and on the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. And Lord, I thank you for these promises. Thank you for the angels that you have given charge over my life. Thank you for the angels that surround me and walk with me on a daily basis, Father. And even though I cannot see, I believe, for it is written in your word, Lord. You have given angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. And so I say today, no evil, no scheme, no trick or trap from the enemy can befall me, because my God, Jehovah, is my protector. He is my dwelling place. I say today that no plague or disaster will touch my home because I dwell in the presence of God. It's where I desire to dwell. It's where I want to dwell. And I place my trust fully in you that you will hear our prayer, Father, even for the one who is listening. I surrender to your will completely and I declare that I depend on you and you alone, Jesus. Lord, I place myself under your sovereign protection and lordship. Your words in the book of Psalm 91 bring me hope and comfort. And in agreement with everyone listening, we bow down and lift up our faith as we lift up our heads and look up to you, a merciful and loving God filled with compassion. Thank you for your amazing grace Your word in Psalm 91 says Because he loves me, says the Lord I will rescue him I will protect him For he acknowledges my name He will call on me and I will answer I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, I accept that to be the portion for my life. Yes, I will call upon you, Father, and yes, you have promised to answer. Indeed, I may face trouble, Father, but you have promised to deliver me. And so I pray, Lord, I rebuke the spirit of fear over our lives. The only spirit that we welcome, the only spirit that we invite into our homes, into our lives and into our hearts, is the Holy Spirit. The only presence that I accept to be around me and surrounding me is the presence of God. And so even now, I call on the Holy Spirit to burn away the fear that may be in my life. Burn away all insecurities and all feelings of hopelessness. I pray for an anointed fire that cleanses me from the inside, Father. I pray for an anointed fire that cleans me from the inside out. A fire that burns everything, every desire that is not of God. Every thought that doesn't bring you pleasure, Father, burn it away. Your word states that you have not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind and I declare in the name of Jesus that no spirit of fear will paralyse our thoughts and emotions. No spirit of fear will consume our hearts or mind. Father, I give you all the praise and all the honor as I seek your presence, Father. Move in Holy Spirit and displace fear in our lives. Displace doubt in our lives. Holy Spirit, fill us with peace. I pray that my home and my mind and my spirit and soul may not be one that is held by fear. Because my trust and my protection is found in the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Father, I declare that you are my safe place and may you continue to make your presence known to me and known in my life, Lord. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Unto you I give all the glory and unto you I give all the praise in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Adonai V'ishmareka do yeah, yeah. Adonai vi hesh Vikunneh ka. Isa adonai. Laav hil leka. Vayaseh